disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. All right, I'm excited about today's episode of the Disruption Zone for a couple of reasons. One, those of you guys who've listened to me for a long time know that I am a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment because I frankly just love liberty. Um, I always err on the side of liberty. For me, liberty comes with a risk. I'm willing to take it. I wish more people were. I feel like we live in a society where everybody wants what they want, but they don't want any consequences that come with that. They don't want any chance to fall below the safety net, so to speak. The thing that guarantees all of our rights is the second of the Bill of Rights in the, in, in the Constitution, and that is the Second Amendment. That is the linchpin for freedom. The president recently has declared that he is banning ghost guns. He doesn't have the authority to do this, but he has directed the ATF to do it anyway. A lot of you probably, I would say most of you, in fact, I might even guess that 99% of you have never made a ghost gun, don't know how to make a ghost gun, and maybe even have no interest in ghost guns. But when you listen to this conversation with my good friend Edgar Antione, who is uh, one of the founders of an organization called Guns for Everyone, you'll understand why you should care about something that you have no specific personal interest in and why caring about that and fighting for that right will help secure all of your other rights. So, by the way, make sure you check out the blog post associated with this podcast on www.thedisruptionzone.com because there's links in there about Guns for Everyone, about the competition, and other stuff you're going to need to know. So make sure you head over to the website as well and click those links so you can learn more about all of this. Hang tight. We're going to have this conversation with Edgar in just a moment. First, though, big thanks to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, Kentucky. They are right on the border of Oldham County and uh, and Louisville. So if you are in southern Indiana, in uh, central Kentucky, in Louisville area, this is your place if you're thinking about doing your dream kitchen. Before we moved to Colorado, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops did our kitchen and master bathroom. Um, man, did we love the work that they did. I'm pretty confident that our house sold in like uh, eight or nine hours on the market uh, as part of that was the beauty of the kitchen and the work that they had done. So if you want a turnkey remodel, meaning you don't have to do anything but talk to their great designers and then let them handle the whole thing from knocking out walls to new plumbing, rearranging, all that good stuff, plus whatever type of cabinet countertop uh, surface you want, just give them a call and say, I want to talk to the designers. But if you're a contractor or a do-it-yourselfer, you know what you want, you know your measurements, they have cabinets in stock in every style, high quality. They are not affected by the supply chain crisis, and they're very affordable. So make it happen by dialing this number, 502-930-3304, 502-930-3304, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. And now, Ghost Guns with Guns for Everyone. All right, my good buddy Edgar. Edgar, how do I say your last name? We've been friends for a long time. I do not know how to pronounce your last name. It's nuts. Uh, Antion. Antion. Okay. Did I do it? How did I do? How did I do? You great. Well, yeah, we've been better better than if I said Antillin, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and I've been called worse. So <laughs> uh, I love it. Edgar is uh, one of the uh, founders of an organization called Guns 
for everyone. It is an awesome organization in Colorado, and uh, what they do is provide free concealed carry classes. Before we get into the issue of ghost guns, though, because I do want to, that's the main reason I wanted to talk today. Uh, but I want people to understand a little bit more about your organization and why, because it, all this ties in together, right? And and for full disclosure, I work for a company that is partnered with your company, um, but we agree on these foundational principles, so I think it's worthwhile having this conversation. So um, tell me a little bit about how Guns for Everyone got started and why. Well, uh, Guns for Everyone uh, originally got started just on the interwebs, uh, mainly more as a parody type thing. Um, as laws started changing here in the state of Colorado, we, we kind of entered the, the activism side of it uh, and then started providing the, the frequency of carry classes as part of that activism to kind of uh, the best way we could thumb our nose at the system because uh, this is a fundamental right that nobody should be paying for, right? The the, the right to uh, self-defense and self-preservation. It's, it's silly that we have to pay for that right uh, or privilege at that point if you're having to pay for it. Um, so th that's kind of how it got started. That makes sense. Um, and you guys, like, I think there was, there was legislation initially that would have taken away the right of Colorado college students who were of age to carry concealed on campus. And you guys are like, screw that. We're going to go do free campus concealed carry classes, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah, my first class was at U UCCS uh, down in Colorado Springs. Um, yeah, but th that's precisely it. HB 1224 um, back in 2013, uh, this would have taken away the right for college students to carry concealed on campus. So, yeah, the free concealed carry classes uh, started with college students. And then it was, a, it was a popular thing, so we expanded it. Does does it always like kind of does it blow your mind how little gun owners that supposedly support the Second Amendment often know about what is actually going on in the realm of the Second Amendment? Oh, it, it, it's insane how little they know. It's insane how little interest they have. Um, and, and a lot of them are, are really quick to jump and, and get angry and, and frustrated that it happened but when you tell them well this is this is coming up next we need your help in fighting this and it's just like well i, I got i got a, a thunderstorm coming on so i, I can't <laughs> i can't do it so yeah but it, it's crazy how how uninformed uh we are in the second amendment yeah and and i think it ties in because you know people don't do enough training you know there's a statistic that i've seen that blows my mind that 97 percent of concealed carry permit holders will never take another class beyond just what they need to get that permit and while i agree with you we shouldn't um you know we shouldn't have to pay the government for permission to actually carry a firearm but as responsible citizens it, it, it's very it's a huge responsibility that we carry and the fact that people just aren't interested in training to me belies the fact that they're also not as interested in protecting that right as they claim to be sometimes well, and then that's that's precisely it, right. If we want the government off our backs, uh, we have to be proactive in this. Um, if we don't want the government to implement more more laws, then we're the ones that have to um, have this conversation with with our own people. We we talked about this during the red flag laws, right, with mental health and stuff like that. If we don't want the government to be involved in this, we we have to be 
uh, involved in the community talk about mental health and, and gun ownership and the appropriate measures to do it voluntarily instead of having the government do it. Same thing with training is if we don't want the government to be involved with this, we, we have to become more responsible so that they have nothing to, to complain about, nothing to talk about. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to your partner, Isaac um, Chase, the other day. And we have we were having this conversation kind of very similar to what you and I are having right now, but we were talking specifically about the ghost guns, which we're going to get into in a minute. But one thing that he said really stood out to me. He goes, you know, the the gun community will police this because they're law abiding. And when you when you back that up, like to 15, 20,000 feet, what he said is not only true, but a little bit profound tying to this idea of protecting our rights. Right. Like. Going back to what you said, we will take the responsibility to abide by the law as law abiding citizens, but we won't take that extra step that you just pointed out, getting involved in mental health, getting involved in the community, getting involved in in these different things like that should be all part of that same responsibility as abiding by the law. Yeah, exactly. It's it's this it's it's part of this responsibility that we have with these freedoms freedoms come with responsibilities and that's what we have to start becoming aware of and and becoming more um sensitive to the this idea that we are ultimately responsible for our own freedom uh and with that freedom comes a lot of responsibility um so and that's what we need to change in, in the gun community unfortunately we just turn a blind blind eye to all of this stuff and yeah um go about our business how many students have you guys seen over the years since you founded uh, uh we're nearing a hundred thousand students now Jeez. uh since 2012 <laughs> yeah um over the past few years uh, that number, I think we're running out of students here in the state of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, right. But we, we, we had some years where it was 20,000 students just in one year alone. So right. um, it, it's a very popular program. I just wish people would come back and uh, take that additional training as well. Well, and I've, I've been I've seen your classes. I've sat through them and I, I can tell you that it's a it's a great class. It's not. You know, it's so funny. You guys always joke when people come in. How many guys thought this was a scam? It's a free class, right? Um, but and, and I'm like half the class will raise their hand and the other half's just sitting there like, I don't know if I should or not. But then by the end of it, it's like, holy crap, the education that you get because you guys are serious about training. It's not, you know, you're 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 serious about liberty, but you're also serious about training. So um, let's bring this around to ghost guns. Let me start with this. A lot of people because I've just kind of been chatting with people on the side here over the last week or so since Biden's rule came out on ghost guns and i've i've noticed that a lot of people don't really understand exactly what they are let's go through a definition of what a ghost gun actually is well it's uh it's a privately made gun that that's essentially what it is and that's what we we should be calling it it's a privately made gun it's a gun that you make at, at your own house um with your own tools with, with your own equipment and you have fun with it. That's essentially what it is. There's nothing ghost about it. Um, the gun part is there, but the, the ghost part, just not there. Is the, um, I think it brings to mind for a lot of people the episode of Big Bang Theory when Howard and Raj created, got a hold of a 3D printer and they started making those little dolls of themselves. You know, it was easy. It was a couple hours and bam, they're done. They got bobblehead dolls. Um, right. It's not that easy, though, is it? 
Uh, not even the bobbleheads are, are that easy. <laughs> uh, if, if anybody who has a 3D printer understands that, it's much more complex than that. Right. And with the firearm, it's even more complex because there's more engineering behind it. Yeah, you could get a, a design from from the internet, and but you still have to tweak it. You still have to have the, the proper temperature. You have to have the proper filaments. It, it, it's such a complex process to to make your own gun um in fact with guns for everyone national our national organization we run a a competition this is a great example of how complex it is the the very first one we had um people came out they they shot their their privately made guns and uh, most of them failed Uh, most of them did not work because it, on on paper, it should have worked, but in reality, it, there's much more engineering that goes behind it that, that people just didn't think about. Yeah, I think that's the thing that a lot of people, again, misunderstand. There's the, the you know, it can, they're, they're not, these are not the kinds of firearms you would buy from a manufacturer that have gone through literally decades of quality control and uh, highly professional designers who do this for a living. Now, there are some people that do have those skills and they can make a very good ghost gun, but they have those skills. And the the president made it sound like as he stumbled into the Rose Garden carrying a firearm that belayed the fact that despite telling the hunting story in Delaware, he's clearly never handled a gun before. He made it sound as though these things can be picked up. <laughs> well, no, that's just not not it. I wish that was the case, right? That's where we need to get to is where you can buy this stuff right. at, at the convenience store. Right. Because it should be <laughs> Freedom, that convenient. <laughs> exactly. But no, it's not that simple. And, and what baffles me is that it's just a lot easier for a criminal to file off a serial number than it is to make their own gun from scratch. Right. Uh, even a, a kit gun, even if you if you buy a kit and you, you complete the 80%, even those are, are, are tricky. Even those you have to file to, to a precise uh, point. Those have to be uh, drilled out perfectly. Like So e- even those are, are much more complex than uh, just falling off a, a serial number. Well, and you that's a really good point, that the vast majority of criminals will pretty easily, by the way, steal a firearm, file that serial number off, or they'll use it once, throw it away, and steal another one. They're, they're really, I, I, this is a statistic that I thought was really interesting. There were 600, um, I believe, um, murders with ghost guns in the last three years, okay, nationwide, 600. People were like, whoa, that's a lot of people. There were over 1,600 murders last year alone with handcrafted shanks. So, Where's the big issue? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing is these people, obviously, we know what their their angle is. Their angle is to eliminate as many freedoms as we possibly have. Uh, many people will cry, well, it's not affecting you yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe me personally, it's not affecting me yet. So we know they're going to take any number and, and run with it. Uh, I always say that, if they're really serious about saving that one life, right, which we all are to us to a large extent, yeah. Um, but if they're really serious, then we will start considering banning cars or, or yeah, hammers right. or stuff that actually kills thousands and thousands of people. Right. I, I think that's a good point. And you know, I mean, it, it it's made quite frequently, but it still stands up because. It's true. There's a number of different dangerous things. Here's here's where I come down on this, Edgar, and 
th- this is important to me. Um, freedom is fun, right? To a lot of people, they think of it as something that's fun. I don't really think of it as that way. I don't think freedom is necessarily fun. I think it's necessary and it's risky. And I don't think a lot of people really think of it that way and understand. Like, for, for instance, I would rather take the risk that comes along with being free than have the safety of a totalitarian state. I don't, I'm not interested in that safety because that safety gets to determine what's right and wrong as opposed to my God-given rights that are inalienable to the fact that I'm actually a human being. So when it comes to liberty, it's like, yeah, I know it's dangerous. I know that criminals can get their hands on these tools. I know that those criminals can come after me and they can hurt me and they can hurt my family. But I can also be prepared for that. That's part of freedom. And it, and it drives me nuts sometimes that a lot of people think of freedom as like the one-sided thing. Like, I get to choose to do whatever I want to do today. No, I don't. I'm a free American. I have a lot of crap I got to do today that if I don't do it, I won't pay for groceries at the end of the month. Freedom comes with responsibility and it comes with risk. And I'd rather have that risk than have an all-powerful state standing over me going, we're going to keep you safe. Trust us. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've forgotten how to accept those consequences. And I think that's really a big part of the problem is we just want to blame somebody else. Uh, we want to point the finger. So it's a lot easier to say, well, the government is supposed to be in charge of this. The government was supposed to take care of me. The government was supposed to provide for me instead of just saying I failed or I, I screwed up or whatever it is. But, yeah, ultimately, I mean, there, there's that cliche, uh, dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it. it when you accept that, then that you have a big role to play in your freedom. Uh, the scary part is you have to accept the consequences that come with it as right, well. Right, right. And and most people don't want to accept those. Yeah, I'd rather die free than live constrained. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but that's that's the bottom line of it. And there, every day I get up and walk out of the house, I could get hit by a bus, you know. But I have the freedom to get up and walk out of the house. I'd rather have that, um, you know. And it kind of like. Going back to that, let's circle into the Second Amendment and then kind of tie that back to the ghost guns idea or the privately made firearm idea. Um, we have people in power that don't understand the Second Amendment, and they think that it's really about uh, hunting or maybe even the occasional act of self-defense um, with our revolver, our six-shot revolver in the far back corner room of our house after we've jumped through every other hoop we could to get away from somebody that's trying to kill or rape our family, right? But in reality, it is about maintaining that freedom. It's about saying, look, we're the ones that give you the consent to govern us, not the other way around. And that seems to be a big, forgot, like a forgotten component of the Second Amendment. It is the linchpin, in my opinion, of freedom. Because without free expression, you don't have freedom of thought. Without freedom of, without the Second Amendment, you have neither of those two things. And it's the, so, so I think that the Second Amendment is literally the linchpin of freedom itself. Yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle, I mean, said this perfectly uh, during one of his acceptance speeches for the Mark Twain Award. Um, and, and the, the the first the first amendment must be preserved and the, the second is just in case the first one doesn't work out <laughs> right uh, right i remember so, that special yeah and and that that's just it is the second amendment really is um fundamentally the one that holds everything together right the second amendment goes away then the, the rest of the the 10 are are useless yeah um 
we might as well no longer have a constitution at that point because yeah i mean the one of the reasons why we haven't been taken over the way uh it, it happened in cuba or venezuela is we we have the second amendment there's there's million of gun owners out there uh, trained or untrained that the government is is afraid of and and that's where we got to keep them maybe scare them a little bit more i know that sounds a little extreme but um they've pushed a little too hard already well okay here's a perfect example look at look at china right now uh with the covid restrictions people are literally jumping out of their apartment buildings because they shut down shanghai 25 million people over 20,000 cases 98 percent of covid cases there were asymptomatic but they locked people in their homes they shut grocery stores you can't go to the grocery store in shanghai china literally they're waiting on the government to bring them food as bad as it got here with COVID restrictions, I guarantee you the only reason they didn't do the kinds of things that were done in China and Australia was because they knew they couldn't. They legitimately could not get away with it, right? Um, and, and it's a perfect example of where the state will go as far as it wants to so long as it feels safe. And there has to be a little bit of balance where the, sta the state doesn't necessarily feel safe in acting every single thing that it wants to do. And the Second Amendment provides that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's not just here, right? Like if we want to get super crazy and, and talk about how Mexico didn't implement as strict of guidelines, a lot of that has to do with the government just doesn't have the control over the people as, as much as they, they want to. Right. And and that's just the, the key thing, right, is the government not having control over us as much as um, we think we want them to have. A lot of people fantasize over this utopia and the government just handling everything and you just really don't want that because of exactly what you just said right there is is uh if a, a government big enough to to give you everything you want is big enough to take away everything from you yeah so yeah. We, we just don't want that um and then kind of we can kind of tie this back in because one of the i think biggest pr mistakes that biden made in this announcement and i don't know why his handlers keep letting him do this but he comes out and he repeats the lie that at the founding you couldn't buy a cannon, which is categorically untrue. The, 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 the statement, and then he uses that falsity to basically justify saying that he wants to go beyond ghost guns and ban your AR-15 and limit the capacity of rounds you can have in your magazine, or clip as he likes to call it. And and all of that stuff is absurd because the, the, the Second Amendment very simply states the right of the people to bear arms shall not be in French. It doesn't define what kind of arms, meaning there is no definition of what I can basically own. So the founding fathers clearly understood that to mean that the people can own whatever the government owns. Clearly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's just, it, it's people that don't understand uh, the technology uh, that is making these policies that, that just just doesn't make sense in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I like it, and me being Mexican, and, and, and I, I, I got to use it just because I, I have it available to me, but a lot of people speak about how Mexico is without really understanding how Mexico really is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's kind of frustrating because when people don't understand what they're talking about it's it's infuriating right mm -hmm. so and, and that's what a lot of people are are doing with the second amendment you just don't understand the technology you don't understand how it works all you understood is that it made you feel a certain way which is mm -hmm. fun right like 
death and mass murders make me feel a certain kind of way, but I have to understand why it happens. I can't just make this knee-jerk reaction and start banning everything and legislating everything just because I felt a certain way. If I legislated stuff based off of my emotions, we'd be a pretty screwed up place because I'm pretty emotional. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, that's that's the unfortunate thing is people who just have feelings which is fine but no education in the subject making laws that make absolutely no sense that is going to accomplish absolutely nothing yeah perfect example i can't remember the legislator's name but here in colorado the legislator who when they limited capacity of magazines uh said well when they run out they'll just throw them away because she oh, thought they sure. were disposable and it's like Deguet. yeah Deguet. yeah diana Deguet is the one that said that yeah, yeah. and it's like wait, wait, you have no business legislating anything about people's Correct. fundamental human rights when you don't even understand how the thing operates in the first place it's embarrassing you Correct. Know? and yet these people continue to legislate and they continue to make rules and and i think you make a really powerful point when you talk about feelings I think a lot of today's society is led by feelings. I think that's on purpose. I think we have we have built a society over the last couple of decades because we've never had to do anything hard. And it's all based on feelings and not critical thinking, right? The thing that was wise about our founding fathers, despite all of their clear faults, was that they were thinking using logic decades and decades and potentially centuries ahead in how they structured the foundational documents of this country. And it, it led to some moments in our history that we had to deal with to absolve some of the hypocrisy that was in our founding documents. But it was it was it was fortunate for us that they that they wrote it that way and it wasn't based on feelings. It was based on the logic of human freedom. That's what we've got to get back to somehow. Well, there's just no fear in the government. You you gotta understand those days, these people were treasonous at that point these people mm. had to get it right or they're going to be lynched <laughs> right, uh they right. had to get it right or, or they were going to be uh killed so like right now the government has no no consequence and that's that's the issue is if they screw up nothing happens mm -hmm. um it's like a child the the child has no consequences it's going to do and push as many limits as it possibly can because well consequences don't exist um, the government right now in its current form has absolutely no consequence. So it, it can just run off the feelings and do as it pleases because we have not in any way, shape or form really limited them to, to do anything. Yeah, sure. We've had a few court cases, but we've allowed them to just go off the of feelings and, and not really push back on all this. Cause that's the other thing about the second amendment. I, I understand where we're law abiding, but once a law passes, we kind of just sit on it and say, well, it already passed. So right. um, I'm just going to follow the law now. And and I get it. We're, we're law abiding. But at some point, we also have to understand that the founding fathers said, well, this is going to be against the law. But freedom is super important. Yeah. Um, so it, it's that fine balance of pushing back and um Obviously, I personally don't want a 1776 repeat. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I don't want that, but we, we have to find that balance of how do we educate these these people. And 
I, I think the the biggest solution is educating the community, and that's why making classes available and, and talking to people on the other side that may be on the fence about guns is, is super important as well. Educate those individuals about um, privately made guns and what it's really about. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think our founding fathers realized that an educated populace was one that could be responsible to govern itself. And um, we have to educate ourselves and then we have to push back, you know, through those legal means and stop them from taking these rights or else, you know, and that's what we I'm with you. I don't want the or else. Right. Well, that's all the more call to be active now when you think, well, ghost guns don't affect me because it doesn't stop me from driving down to the local gun store and buying a SIG. Right. So you think, well, it doesn't affect me. I shouldn't worry about it. There's just a bunch of people that, you know, want to go make these things. And, you know, I kind of see the politician's point and, you know, it's not really affecting me until you realize there's nothing left you can own. The government doesn't know that you have. And then it becomes that much harder to defend freedom if that ever becomes necessary again, which we hope it doesn't. Correct. Yeah. And and that's what that's the biggest uh, point. It's so difficult for me to make this point. One, I'm ESL. Um, and then I, I get super passionate about this and, <laughs> and I kind of seize up a little bit, but it, it's this idea of at one point you will be the only thing left and nobody to defend you. Yes. Cause if you do have this idea that, well, it doesn't affect me yet, uh, that's what you got to think about is I disagree heavily with a lot of individuals, uh, on many social issues, on many financial issues, whatever it might be, on any political side. But I, I still believe heavily that I, it is my duty to defend their freedom right. to to whatever it is that they might want because at one point, they're coming after my freedom. Right, right. And if I allow them to take away everybody else's freedoms, um, I'm going to be alone um, and nobody to defend me, nobody to back me up because I didn't have the spine to back people up. So I would always say to those people that, that maybe are into guns, but not into privately made guns because it doesn't affect you or it's not your thing. It's still something you have to fight for because yeah. at one point you're going to be all alone and nobody else to help you fight that fight. Yeah. And I've talked to several members of Congress that the, the Biden administration is definitely, um, I believe, violating the law. Um, They are compiling data that they're not supposed to be compiling in terms of digitizing it that is going to help them be able to search who's got what gun. And that we're we're very dangerously close to that place where there's a de facto gun registry. And, you know, as as Stalin's head of uh, security or whatever position it was the guy had, you know, show me the man, I'll show you the crime, right? Um, it becomes very easy when the government can just look up basic information like that uh, to then, you know, if you have a labyrinth of laws, like where some of these regulations the ATF is putting down, sometimes people don't even know, how, am I am I violating the law with this trigger? I don't know. Am I violating the law with this piece? I don't know, right? And then you have that situation where you can be like, show me the person, show me the crime. I, I, I can't emphasize enough how important that is that we, that we because here's the other side of this. The president doesn't have the authority to do this. This this we're talking about essentially outlawing something that Congress hasn't even discussed. Yeah. And here's the kicker is when the Republican does it, they they accept it and then they they love it and they said and and so we we have nobody to blame to a certain degree except the, the people 
who accept it when it's their guy in the presidency. Because when it's their guy at the presidency, they say it's fine and executive orders are needed and and essential. And then now here we see a consequence of of these executive orders. Yeah, when, when when Trump did it, I criticized him and his followers responded, oh, come on, Leland, it's common sense. You don't need a bump stock. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter whether I need it or not. It's not your position to tell me whether I need it, you know, Correct. and and it's Correct. like they were fine when the ATF was stepping over its bound under Trump. But now it's it's Biden. And it's like, oh, no, you got to defend this no matter who's in charge. I don't trust any of them. Regardless of who it is, we, we have to fight back on it. And I know we're talking about guns and 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 uh, privately made guns, but it, it really doesn't matter. It's just that's why we have three branches um, and it has to be done appropriately, right? Because yeah, now yeah. at least you have some sort of say. If, if my guy that I voted for at a local level doesn't do as as I please, then I, I could at least vote for them, right? I have different views on that, um, but at least there there's an option. If it's the president, well, then we're we're just a dictatorship at that point. Right? Yeah, uh, we're no longer a, a democratic republic. Um, we're just a dictatorship, no better than Venezuela or China or. Uh, anything else so we we have to be critical when it's both sides because this is our freedom we're talking about and that's what people need to remember it's ultimately freedom i don't own a bomb stock but i opposed it i don't right uh i personally even though i i, I push for the privately made guns uh outside of my son making um guns with me and 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 participating in in the competitions i personally it's not a, a passion of mine right 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 um but i i may develop the platform uh alongside with some friends rob pinkus and the people over at are we cool yet we developed a competition so people who make their own guns can have a place to compete with these firearms um we created that space because it, it's part of our our rights and it's part of our freedoms and we don't want to see them going away so i don't have to be heavily passionate about something just to to make sure that it, it continues and, and it thrives on for forever um that's what we need to do is is create spaces so that these freedoms can can continue everything you just laid out in terms of your reasoning behind this I, I, I really want to emphasize what you just said because it is it is the model example of how a self-governed society should conduct itself. Hey, I'm not necessarily passionate about this one thing, but damn it, I'm passionate that people have the right to be passionate about it. And then acting accordingly, that is activism freedom, and it must be done because – we tend to, those of us that, that value liberty, we tend to, like you said, sit back and let stuff happen. Um, and what you guys are doing is a very peaceful way of saying, we're going we're gonna to come over here and we're going to pee on this part of the yard uh, and let you know that as citizens, we're not giving up this freedom. You know what I mean? Uh, sorry to use a dog analogy, but I have dogs, so you know we're gonna, we're gonna we mark have to clarify our there was a dog analogy. Yeah, 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 we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mark our territory in this part of the yard. Right? Only a dog guy would come up with that in a matter of seconds. What, what is the status of your competition given this ruling? Uh, we're moving forward as as if nothing happened. Cool. Because um, the reality is, uh, when you really read what what is is said, it, it ultimately doesn't prohibit much it doesn't change much it, it restricts a lot more from the the ffl side and, and the manufacturing side but as far as the privately made stuff it, it doesn't take away that 
as much as they they say it, right. it takes away. Uh, that's the other thing they're relying on is the uneducated populace. Uh, we're just going to tell you what's in these 300 and whatever million pages that we uh, we, we wrote out so that <laughs> you don't read it. Right, um, right. But fortunately, we have a lot of people in the 2A that actually read it and, and decipher it and, and break it down and, and all that stuff. So um, it doesn't prohibit as, as much. It's still a, a blow to the 2A. Um, we're going to continue on with these competitions and, and building events. We also do uh, building events. Um, people come out and they learn how to make their own guns and, and what it's all about and, and about the hobby. Uh, so we're still going to keep doing that stuff. Uh, we anticipate uh, a fight in in the Supreme Court. I know FPC does a really good job at, at fighting these type of things. So we're, we're going to uh, fight it, of course, and then uh, we're just going to move forward with this. Awesome, awesome! I love it. Um, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Um, you know, if they just want to take a free class, or you guys also do um, non-free classes that are more advanced training. Um, tell people how they can get involved in that, or get involved in the competition. Like, where do they find you on social media? Where do they find you on the internet? All that good stuff. The the easy place is just guns for everyone, and if you look it up in any platform. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Guns for Everyone, uh, GunsForEveryone.com. And then we also have Guns for Everyone National. So if you're interested in the competitions, we do that through the Guns for Everyone National. Uh, also, if you want to become a, a certified instructor and maybe teach your own classes, uh, we have some, some of those classes coming up. Guns for Everyone National is uh, our national organization that certifies farms instructors and operates these national farms competitions. Awesome. And of course you guys are pretty active on Instagram, just guns for everyone on Instagram and folks can follow you there. Um, even if you are, you know, I have listeners all across the country to this podcast. So even if you're not in Colorado, but you're interested in, you know, supporting a great group and being a part of a great group and again, helping that group grow and expand and, and just educating yourself more, you can follow them on Instagram. Um, Man, I, I really appreciate your stance. I appreciate your, your love of and fight for liberty um, and your willingness to get out there and, and, you know, really, really dig into the weeds on this. You guys, as an organization, have always put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Um, and we need more of that across the country. I really appreciate and respect what you're doing. I appreciate that. I appreciate the support and I appreciate you having me on. Um, I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Edgar. Thanks so much. Have a good one. All right. Thanks again. Uh, I'm really passionate about this topic. You could probably tell. I feel like people need to be more involved in defending our rights. Even, you know, I know a lot of people that don't own guns, don't care about guns, but they care about the Second Amendment. You have to understand you may never own a gun, but because of the Second Amendment, your other rights and freedoms are secured because the government knows that a large portion of the country is armed. That's why this is so important. It has nothing to do with hunting or target shooting as Biden would have you believe. So anyway, great conversation with Edgar. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Louisville Cabinets and Countertops for their support of this program. 6200 Hit Lane, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, right on the border of Oldham County and Jefferson County. If you're in uh, Louisville, Oldham County, or Southern Indiana, this is your place if you are thinking about upgrading to your dream kitchen. You know, a lot of people have some equity in their home right now because of the market. Uh, you might want to go ahead and dip into a little bit of that and make your home your dream home. Or maybe if you're getting ready to resell and take advantage of all that equity, right? Now might be the time 
but you want to make sure you got that gym of a kitchen to help it sell fast. Certainly the work that the Louisville cabinets and countertops did on our kitchen and master bath, I think were a huge reason why our house sold in less than a day. So give my buddy Tim Montgomery a call today. 502-930-3304. or LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. Talk to their great designers or if you want to do it yourself or your contractor, they have cabinets in stock. They have all kinds of surfaces for your countertops. Guys, this is the place to go. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Big thanks to Dynamics Audio Productions for their help with this program. Without them, the audio would probably sound like... Right? That's why we love Dynamics Audio Productions in Lexington, Kentucky, for their help with this program. And thank you for downloading it. Wow! North of 100,000 downloads. Can you believe that? Keep sharing it with your friends. You can find us on iHeartRadio's app. Just search for The Disruption Zone, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, on our website at www.thedisruptionzone.com. There are, uh, there's tons of information um, on Guns for Everyone in the body of the blog post on the website. So make sure you click those links and check it out. I am Leland Conway. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show. On Instagram, it's at Greatly Londo. It is the Disruption Zone.